turn with me your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look at verses 8 through 13. As we were reflecting on this, this last week, this week we've been together, we looked at we need to be a church that makes a difference. If we're to be a church that makes a difference, then, then we have to have that audacious faith, bodacious praying, efficacious love. If we're to be a church that really experiences revival and awakening and renewal, then we must be the one as individuals to stand in the gap, to build up the wall for the glory of God. And, and God challenged me that we need to be people who will stand in the gap. If we are to be a church that experiences revival, then you and I must deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow after him in all that entails. And now, tonight, you remember when you're wrapping presents, the last thing you do is do what? You tie a bow on it, don't you? So I believe Jesus in his word today is going to tie a bow on it. Everything that we've been talking about, and now there's an urgency. As God has spoken to us, we must do it now. Respond now before it is too late. It was April of 1607. None of us remember that day. But it's when Jamestown Colony arrived on the New World. 214 people. It was April, spring, things were going well, so they made a real one-acre, just wooden structure, not doing anything. They wanted to dig for gold. And so they spent their time digging for gold while they were waiting on supply ships to come back to provide for them. Guess what? Winter came. The supply ships did not come. They were not ready for winter, and three years later, of the 214 colonists, only 60 survived. What was their problem? They were not ready for winter. They did not respond when they should. As we're looking at the text tonight, Paul is in prison. It's his second imprisonment. He second prison in Rome. He is awaiting his execution. The sentence has already been passed, and now he's waiting to, to be executed. He was a Roman citizen, so he would have his he was going to be decapitated. And he's writing to his beloved son in the ministry and tells him, You need to come quickly. You need to come before it is too late. Look with me. Let's start in verse nine. Do your best to Timothy. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I've sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. And then verse 21 says this, do your best to come before winter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that this same urgency 
that Paul challenged his son in the ministry, Timothy, to come, that we might sense that urgency even now. And whatever you've spoken to us or continue to speak to us, that we would respond tonight before it is too late. As we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If we're to come before it's too late, the first thing I, I see on this, we've got to be working on our relationships. They're relationships that will not wait until tomorrow. What did he say? He said, Demas, in love with his present world, deserted me. Christians has gone to Galatia, ties to Dalmatia. Luke as long is with me. There was a time where Paul was able to invest in their lives. But now that time has passed. He's about to be executed. And so he's telling Timothy to come quickly because the winter of those relationships has now come and gone. And Paul, those people mentioned there will never see again alive on this earth. If we're to come before it is too late tonight, then we need to ask the Lord, is there a relationship that you need to respond to tonight before you go to sleep, before it is too late? Is it a spouse that you need to work on that relationship with? I've been doing, through the years, done marital counseling. And there was one lady who came to us for counseling and she said, my husband's been abusive for 20 years. She said, you will never believe the things he's done to me, said to me, and said, just even the other day, he took me by the neck and he threw me and locked me in a bedroom while he told my children that I was crazy. And he said, I, she said, I've come to the point where it is too late. And now he says, I want to change. But she said, my heart is cold. It is too late. There comes a time in our lives that it becomes too late. Now, with God, all things are possible. But the human psyche, you need to reach out to a spouse. Some of us tonight need to recommit ourselves to a, a spouse, or perhaps as a child or a grandchild. You're not spending the time discipling them in the Word of God. It will come like this, and it will be too late. We'll blink our eyes. You've been there. I'm there. And all of a sudden, they're gone. My daughter, Abigail, we prayed and prayed for a child. And 10 years, after praying 10 years, God bless us with a biological child. And, and she's a miracle baby. And we thank God for Abigail, a love of our lives, a joy of our life. But she had a problem. And that problem was she never could turn off the lights. I mean, seriously always left the lights on and I would come in and I would fuss at her and I'd go upstairs to her room and say you left the lights on again this is God's money and I went on and on and on I drove her to Sanford University and I I told Lauren Barry this and I dropped her off and I was holding my tears all oh, the parents are crying are y'all not sad no we're sad I was really sad but I didn't want her to be discouraged we drove back and didn't tie and I didn't say a word drove back to Decatur Alabama pulled in the driveway and I looked up at a room and guess what the light was off and I went up to her room and I cried like a baby because those days of my little baby at home now she's grown up and has a job and dating a guy but anyway those days are over there comes a time 
that we must disciple our children and grandchildren now because there's coming a time when it's too late. And some of us need to be on our faces tonight saying, God, we're going to do all that we can to instill godly values while we can. But perhaps it's spending time with our loved ones, with our child. I read of a, a pastor who wrote a letter in, and I, I read it recently. And he talked about his son, Andy. He's a pastor, 45 years of age, and he said, it was my 45th birthday, a Saturday night. And my Andy, my little boy Andy, came in and said, Daddy, Daddy, I'm going to give you 45 kisses for your 45th birthday. And he kissed him some, and he said, Andy, Andy, listen, I've got the sermon tomorrow. You've you got to stop this. We can do this later. And he said, Andy, turned, he saw Andy's little tears running down his little cheek. And he went and said, okay, Daddy. That night later, I said, Andy, I'll take the kisses now. But he said, either Andy was playing a video game, didn't hear him, or he was still sulking. And the dad said that two days later, there was a tragic swimming pool accident, and Andy drowned. And he said, I would do all within my power to allow Andy one more day to kiss me those 45 kisses. Now, it might not be Andy. It might not be a spouse. But there's a relationship that some of us that God's placing on our hearts right now, the Holy Spirit, and we must respond to those relationships because there's coming a time when winter's approaching. The winter of life is approaching, and it will be too late. When the Holy Spirit lays something on your heart, that is your moment to respond to Him. I've done so many things wrong in my life, but one thing that God, I did listen to. I've, I've ignored him at times. I've been too busy when I've heard. But this was Dr. Hendricks. Dr. Hendricks taught me theology at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. I love that man. He was so wonderful to me, and I took every theology class I could for him. I went to study the Holy Land with him, and I just, there was a bond there between Dr. Hendricks and me. And I began to think. I hadn't heard of Dr. Hendricks in years and years. What happened? called Southern Seminary, said, no, no, no. He went to Golden Gate, called Golden Gate, uh, a Baptist seminary in California, and they said, no, he's at Southwestern, retired there. I called Southwestern and said, Dr. Hendricks no longer you know, works. He's retired. And I said, can you give me his number? And they said, no, we, we, we can't give out the numbers. I, he, I was a student of his, and God's placed him on my heart. I need to call him. And so the lady said, I'll give you his number, but don't you dare tell where you got it. So I called up the, the house, and it was Miss Hendricks. And I said, Miss Hendricks, this is Rob Jackson. I, I don't know if you remember me, but I've traveled to Israel, and I was in all Dr. Hendricks' classes. I love. In fact, when I was in the doctoral program, he was the head of the doctoral admissions, and so he, I should have kept a little note, congrats, Rob, you've made it in the doctoral program. She said, I'll let you speak to Dr. Hendricks. He's very sick, but I'll let you speak to him. I got on the phone, and I said, Dr. Hendricks, Rob Jackson, and I just wanted to thank you. You've impacted my life. You have made a difference in mine. You're more than a professor. You've changed my life, and I just wanted to thank you. The Lord laid on my heart, and I, I've had to call everywhere to get your number. And it was just a dead silence. And I said, Dr. Hendricks, do you not remember me? And he said, no, Rob, I remember you. I'm sorry. He said, I'm dying. And today I can barely walk. Today I went to Southwestern on my walker. And I walked up and down the hallways, and I said, God, would you just show me one person that I've made a difference in their lives? And he said, no one even recognized me. 
and I have been brokenhearted all day, and then you call, and God reminds me that I have made a difference. I want you to know there are Dr. Hendricks out there. There are little Andes out there. There are Sue's, the wives out there. There are relatives and friends, and God wants us. If we're to have revival, then it starts in your life and my life, and that is making a difference with relationships while we can because of coming a day when we can't anymore. But a second thing I see that we must respond before it's too late, look what it says. It says, bring, get Mark and bring him with you. He's useful. Now, who is Mark? John Mark. When the first missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas, John Mark went, and we remember the story. He got homesick or something and went back home. Second missionary journey, they're going back, and, and Barnabas said, let's give Mark another chance. And, and Paul said, not in these words, but sort of this colloquial, not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. He's not going with us. And so there was a big division. And Paul, Barnabas went with Mark, and Paul and Silas went. But late in his life, around 57 A.D., Paul says this, bring Mark, for he's useful in my ministry. Some of us today, we are not experiencing revival in our lives because we've yet to forgive someone. And there are marks out there who need a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance. And how can I say we must continue to forgive over and over again? Because I look in the mirror every morning and the Lord has forgiven me so many times, countless times. And who am I? But when God lays someone on our heart that we need to forgive, that we need to make it right with, we cannot put it off. The winner is coming of that opportunity. Some of us need to, tonight, right now, to make it right. But also, I think of Mark's relationship. You see, not only did Paul need to give Mark a second chance, but Mark was one who received that second chance. And there's some of us tonight, and we have been burdened by past failures and mistakes and we haven't been all that God wants us to be because Satan keeps whispering in our ear who are you look what you've done that's a lie have we done it yes but it's not from the Holy Spirit how do I know because God convicts us so we repent and he restores us in relationship Satan doesn't convict us Satan continues to demand he continues to point. He continues to cut us down. He makes us feel this small. God liberates us, and we feel like all the glory goes to him, and he alone receives all the glory. Some of us, tonight, we need to forgive someone and give them another chance because the winter is coming, and it might be too late. Some of us, need to receive that forgiveness of Christ because winter's coming, and then it will be too late. But look at the scripture again in verse, verse 12. Tychicus, I've sent to Ephesus, when you come, verse 13, bring the cloak that I left 
with Carpus at Troas. Now, Paul was imprisoned in a Roman cell. There were, there were dungeons down underneath the, the building. Uh, there were rats. Uh, there were fleas. There was no running water, so you can remember then that was your latrine as well. So the stench was terrible. And when winter came, they didn't provide blankets for you. Your outer cloak was a blanket. And Paul was saying, winter is coming. I have physical needs. Would you come, Timothy? Bring that cloak. You see, if, if he waited till October, it would be too late to come. Mediterranean was impassable after October. So he had to come quick. He had to come now. Or else, Paul said, it's nothing like freezing to death in this Roman dungeon and cell. Would you bring a cloak? And some of us, if we are to experience revival, then we need a revival of our pocketbook. Not just our hearts, but we have our hearts and he has our billfolds and, and purses as well. And there's some people around that God places in your life. And we see that person. And God wants us to help them. You know, I can say the big picture, 40,000 children starve to death every night worldwide. 850 million people go to bed hungry in this world every single night. And all of us, I mean, we just had that big meal in there. That's why I'm not preaching on gluttony. Do you hear their cries? And they say, well, I can't feed all the 850 million. No. But there are people that God will bring in your path. Can you give a help here? When they need it, one missionary told me this. This just happened several weeks ago. He was sharing the story that he said, you know, he had a, a tire blowout. He had some other expenses, and they totaled $500, and he didn't have the money for those $500 in expenses. And a church member in Alabama wrote a note. God placed you on my heart, and I don't know why, but here's a check to maybe help you in whatever you need. And guess how much the, the check was? $500. That person, he gave when the Holy Spirit laid upon He didn't know why, but he was obedient to God. Those of us today, we need to be obedient before it's too late. We also need to understand that the urgency of the hour, that we not only need to be obedient when God lays the people in our hearts, but we need to be looking for opportunities. I was in Romania a few years ago, and uh, we were, were raising money for firewood. Some of the, I mean, those people are very, very poor in some little um, outskirt towns and, and villages. And one man came to me, and we were trying to raise more money for more firewood. It's already the cold winter. They have cold winter, lots of snow. And he came limping up to me, and he was thanking us for bringing the firewood. And so I asked the missionary there with translating, I said, why has he got such a bad limp? He said, well, he didn't have enough firewood, and he has frostbite, and they had to amputate his toes. I'm like, oh, we came too late. But then he said, but that's not the worst. His son froze to death in that same hut. He said, we brought wood, but we came too late. For that son, too late for those toes. I know that God 
is using Hope Hill Baptist Church. I know that God is touching you. I believe that we're beginning to see with your pastor and his family's leadership, God to do great things. But we must respond. Respond to those physical cries before it is too late. Do, do you want revival? Do you want a, to, to be a church that, that God used to shape the world? And you and I must tonight ask him as we look in the mirror, is there something you need me to do? Something that you've spoken to me about this week? If so, then I need to come now before it is too late. I need to respond now before it is too late. I need to act now before it is too late. Timothy was asked to come, and the great news is that we know from from church tradition, that Timothy did make it there. And he spent the days before Paul's execution reading the scriptures to him. And then Paul was executed, but Paul's alive today. Timothy died, but Timothy's alive today. They didn't wait until it's too late. And then he said, bring my parchments and and the books, the books and the parchments, probably were the scriptures he had, the different scriptures. He said, Timothy, bring it because I'm about to die, but I have a need for spiritual refreshment. And God has placed in your path and my path those who need spiritual refreshment for us to reach out to before it is too late for us to call, for us to pray for, for us to have a most wanted list, and us pray over those because winter is coming in their lives. And if we wait, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. In a little bit, I'm going to have us to come down and just pray for those that you know that if, if some, they were to die tonight, they would not spend eternity with Christ. And let's commit to reach him before it's too late. My dear nephew, who I love so much, he doesn't know Jesus Christ. My cousin lives in California. He's agnostic, and he called me, can you get me tickets to the Alabama-Auburn game? He's, he's an Alabama graduate, and his son's never even heard about Jesus. Ricky's wife was a Hindu, never even heard about Jesus. And I'm praying, God's going to get me the tickets, and I want to spend that time. I'm going to pray for them and others. Because the hour is so urgent. Winter is coming in their lives. And winter is coming. We do not know if they're guaranteed tomorrow. So would you respond tonight? Commit tonight before it is too late. But then also the spiritual need. There's some here tonight or, or watching live stream. If you were to die tonight, you would not spend eternity with Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. And he sent us as a church body to share that love of Jesus Christ with you, whether it's Facebook Live or whether it's here. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die in your place. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
But whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You must respond. You must believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I beg you, whether you're watching on Facebook Live or you're here, won't you come to Jesus tonight before it is too late? Don't put it off. There will come a day when it could be too late, but do not put it off. We saw a revival at Buck Run Baptist Church, and we saw God moving. But I'll never forget one young guy who was coming to our youth group because one of the girls in our youth group was, was nice looking, and he liked her. But he didn't know Jesus Christ. And never forget that Sunday morning. He's being convicted by God during the sermon, and yet he didn't respond. After the sermon, Todd Lester, our, our, our youth minister, went to him and, and pleaded and begged, won't you come to Jesus Christ? He was under conviction. He said, I'll think about it and come back tonight. He went back and talked to his parents. And his parents said, you're young. You don't want to do that yet. You can wait for another time. Do it another time. And so as we were all gathering about to have the service that evening at Buck Run there on the forks of Elkhorn, he came and said, no, Mom and Dad taught me, and I'm going to do it another time. I've got a lot of living to do. He had, they had an inner twos with, with a keg of beer, and he said, we're going to party. I'm going to have a good time. One day I'm going to accept Jesus Christ, but today is not the day. We are going to have a good time. I'm going to party, party, and then one day when I'm older, I'll be ready to settle down, and I'll accept Jesus Christ. Just about a quarter of a mile when you put in Buck Run Baptist Church on the Forks of Elkhorn is the old granddad distillery. Jim Beam, and there is a waterfall that produced electricity is built back in the 1800s, and there's danger. I've canoed down there, dangerous. I danger get off and go over, but he was now buzzing a little bit from the beer, and he said, y'all watch this. I'm going to ride this waterfall. I'm going to have such a good time, and they all just cheered him on, and he went over the waterfall, and he didn't come up for three days. He died. He heard the gospel. He was be, being moved by the Holy Spirit. And yet he said, I will do it tomorrow. And winter came, and it was too late. Yes, those early pilgrims in, in Jamestown, they thought it was more important to dig for gold than to prepare for winter. And over the next three years, the majority of them starve or froze to death. They weren't ready for winter. What has God spoken to you? Has God spoken to you that tonight you need to commit to those relationships? And I don't know what those are. I've just mentioned a few. You need to do it now before it is too late. Has God spoken to you and said you need to forgive someone? You're holding a grudge, and we can't be forgiven we don't forgive the others. Or perhaps you're, you're holding on to past mistakes, and tonight God's saying, tonight's the night for you to receive freedom and liberation. Or perhaps you're here. You say, God, I, I want to give more. I want to help someone in need. You must do it before it is too late. Or perhaps you're here like me, and I'm broken over people I know that don't know Jesus Christ. And I'm going to come and kneel down, and I'm going to pray for Ricky. I'm going to pray for my nephew and some others by name that God might save them and that Brian and that God might use me. I'm committing tonight with you as witnesses that God would use me before it is too late. 
And then for those on Facebook Live or here, that God's been speaking to do, you need to slip out and come forward. Brother Barry will be here and he'll embrace you and love you and will embrace you. And you can repent and believe the good news of Jesus Christ and receive salvation. But you must respond now before it is too late. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to please take these inadequate words. As we tie a bow around this week's, I pray it be a, a bow that's crimson red. Crimson red dipped in the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. There's forgiveness of sin through him. There is life, eternal life through him. And I pray that each of us would respond accordingly as your Holy Spirit draws us now before it is too late. In Jesus' name, amen. David, come, would you come and stand?